opening doors to occult culture and the paranormal on the Secret Door Podcast. All right, everybody, it's Melissa here at Secret Door Podcast. Now behind the secret door today, of course, I have Jerry and Nish from Knox Mente Podcast. So this podcast is going to be a little bit controversial, and some of the ideas don't fall in line with what you're being told by official places like you know, CDC or any governments. So I'm not, nor is I'm sure Jerry or Nish, recommending that you believe anything. We were just having a philosophical conversation about what could be happening or what's going on. We deal a lot with, um, we talk a lot about COVID-19, but in specific, we talk about it also in relation to people like David Wilcox and different conspiracies that are going out there and how it's used. And it's just a lot of philosophical conversation. It doesn't necessarily denote that we're telling you to listen to all these ideas. Obviously, we tell you to listen to the CDC and official scientific evidence and what your local authorities or government is recommending that you do. So in saying that, as a disclaimer... I hope you guys get something out of this conversation. It wasn't really structured. We just, I wanted to have this conversation about David Wilcox and how he's using this ascension stuff and whatnot. And I thought Jerry and Nish would be really good to have this conversation with because they have a very neutral view. They're kind of bipartisan on it all. So they're not being pro any government and they're not necessarily being pro-conspiracy theory or anti-conspiracy theory. I thought they had some really good objective thoughts and and I was able to question them and be critical thinking at the same time and it was okay. So it was a really great conversation. I hope you all enjoy it. So let's get on with that interview with Jerry and Nish from Knox Mente. All right, everybody, welcome to Secret Door Podcast. We are doing a little bit of a swap cast with Nish and Jerry of Knox Mente Podcast. So welcome to the show, guys. How are you doing today? We are self-quarantined. We're doing well. <laughs> I, I'm doing well. I don't know about Nish. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, and thank you for the invite yeah, to come on and this warm welcome. That's great. Um, I was on, when I was with my other podcast, I was on your guys' show quite early on. And I just thought, you know what, I've never had them on and I have all this time now because I'm <laughs> off and I'm sort of, I, I got out for a few minutes today. I was in the Walmart and there was a guy running around with a panda hat head on, almost like a furry. I don't know. It was really weird. <laughs> That's he, creative. He tried to come up to this guy like really close and the guy was like, whoa, whoa, get the hell away from me. You're within <laughs> six feet. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it was kind of have- crazy. I have a Cthulhu mask. <laughs> That's very cute, Chair. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to wear it to the hospital, but, you know. <laughs> so just in case uh, anybody who's listening to my podcast has never been to Nox Mente, give a background of how you guys got into podcasting and where you come in on the occult. Who wants to start first? Next Take it, Chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did we come into it? Well, uh, okay, so I had wanted to start a podcast, but I didn't want to do it alone. And I apparently Nish 
had an idea for a podcast and we met in a, a live chat of some third party and kind of got together and started talking about it. And we hammered out the, the basic concept of the podcast. So that's how it started. Yeah. We really just said, let's do it and let's throw caution it. to the wind. And we just hit record. Yeah, really. We did. That, <laughs> it was, that was three years ago too. And it's crazy. And why the occult? How did, were you guys, are you guys practitioners or were you always into the cult? How did you get into studying this kind of like dreamscape and alternative sort of things that you never see in the medium? I've always been into the occult and paranormal and stuff like that. Um, more deeply in the last five to 10 years, definitely. But it's always been an interest of mine. I know there's a hidden underbelly to reality that we don't see and I love to explore it. Yeah, I mean, that's, it seems like, you know, our, our net is wider than the occult, but we do seem to have a lot of occultists and open-minded people on our show. And so you, we get that, but I, I mean, I feel like I've born and raised in it uh, myself. And so it's kind of like my everyday life. And so... I don't know. It just seemed absolutely natural for us to kind of swim in these waters, which is why we do, I think, have definitely, we lean heavy towards occultists. They're, they're just cool people to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> we love the, we love interesting people. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I love the opportunity to talk to a lot of people who are, you know, artists orientated film and they sort of bring that all into there and you get to see it as a composed piece and talk about, you know, how do they came to that, what it represents. So just that it's a really good experience to see how somebody came at it from even a different angle than maybe what I would. It's just that's where I really want to come from and from an academic point of view as well and a historical point of view has always been my fascination so i was wondering if you guys had that sort of like like deep interest in anything like history or politics or philosophy nope. i i don't <laughs> <laughs> nishme you know i think one of the reasons we picked i've said this a million times too one of the reasons we picked dreams is because a it wasn't it it didn't force us into that mode of having someone on who just published a new book to talk about his new book. Like Nick Redfern. I love Nick Redfern. I'm not bitching about him, but yeah. you know, guy puts out 10 books a year and he's on every podcast 10 times a year. We didn't want to be those guys. Secondly, everybody dreams. So everyone could talk. Most people could talk about their dreams and discuss that topic. So it gave us uh, an out from the, typical paranormal guest or the occult guest or whomever we could go anywhere with it right We're gonna which have, is yeah. kind of how our our other the flip side of our nox Mente show goes as well it's we've found ourselves you know you move through through experience and time we started tossing around other ideas and came upon uh, our now twice monthly show the obelisk which is just expanding conversations that we we really started in Nox Mente uh, and, and going further without necessarily being married to the idea of dreams as the overlay. Right. And plus, you know, the, other, the third, there's a third reason to why we did this was 
that we wanted to t- we've heard all these people on podcasts before and we want to talk to them because yes. we have our own questions. <laughs> right. I mean, that's why everyone starts podcasting is because they want to talk to these people. <laughs> yeah, and, and you sort of want to pre- present it in uh, from your angle and your perspective something new that people right. can dive into. And I want to propose my ideas on this, whatever subject that person brings to the table to that person. Yeah, okay. and today, like, we were going to be talking about new age cults, but that includes kind of, like Jerry was saying, UFO cults. That was kind of what we were going to go through. And I don't necessarily right. like to get political on this podcast, but I feel like we kind of have to for this show because it all bounds up right now into everything that's going on with coronavirus and people going a little bit crazy and you I mean we can start kind of with what's going on with we've seen a lot of things about David Wilcox Corey Goode that sort of kind of ascension weird strange cult stuff I mean do do you I I don't know tons about David Wilcox so so uh, what do you want to know well I know he's a lecturer (laughs) I know he's a conspiracy theorist but um like where did he even come from this guy did did he like I just, I know he thought that he was, what's his name there? He looks Edgar like, Casey's reincarnation. Yeah, exactly. And and that he lectures and says all these outlandish stuff about QAnon. That's what well, I know. Well, he's an author who's, who's an opportunist, I would say. I mean, he's done his research on certain things. He's written books. They're, you know, what they are. But as new things come in that kind of meet the narrative his narrative is where he wants to go. He'll adopt them into his narrative. Right. And typically they're things that are unprovable, like the QAnon thing. You know, there's no way to prove if that's true or false. So he'll just adopt it. So it's, it's like any conspiracy theorist, everything's through that lens, no matter what it is, it has to be that angle. So they can sell, they use everything to sell a product and basically what they're doing. Pretty much. But he and, and good have been pretty much, uh, sidelined by a lot of their shenanigans their own shenanigans like they weren't invited back to contact in the desert this year interesting so they've sort of um shot themselves in the foot sort of i'm i i don't know this for a fact but i know people who were affected by it that that some of the followers of good have gang stalked people who were naysayers or didn't agree with their ideas I have direct knowledge of one person in particular. Yeah. I have never really followed David Wilcock that much. However, I immediately just was not into Corey Good and his narrative when it when I encountered it, which I think was late. And I don't know a lot about either of them, to be honest, uh, because they just, there's something that, the red flags are just everywhere for me. But when David Wilcock banded together with Corey Good, that was that really did cinch me wanting to listen to anything further. And when I have, I've been really taken back by how big his ego is and how uh, ego inflated he is with his stories and his self-worth and his narratives that he pushes forward from being the reincarnation of Edgar Casey to, you know, always pausing to sell something. And uh, he reminds me of one of those classic, let me put it this way, those schmoozers, as they used to say, those network 
people that are always in it for themselves and uh you know the like a farce he seems like a con man farce to me at this point after the Corey good stuff they don't have a lot of integrity and research integrity and and they're not really very um they don't have to of anyone right they don't have to be because i think in their minds that this is an entertainment purposes only yeah. type of showbiz mm-hmm. right right but they're putting on a show and you know well, they can be as sensational as they want unfortunately their their um followers think it's real oh yeah and they're <laughs> that, they're intense and so they don't say that it's just a show just like kind of alex jones or anybody else they rachel they maddow this is same real. thing yeah, exactly. exactly. CNN, <laughs> whatever it is, they're like, this is real stuff, people. This is real. And people are, that's why people freak out because they think wherever that camera's pointed or whatever they're saying is 100% reality. But I think what I was saying is, I think it's indicative of where we've seen this twist in society, maybe from, I don't know, 20 years ago or so, where it just seems like, the the star culture the fame culture really went askew with all the the fake reality stuff and uh i mean i remember like blair witch coming out and how that you know that really felt new and then it just seemed like a slew behind you know, like a, a i don't know an avalanche behind that of that became our reality that type of storytelling and and here we are where I think most of us now are aware that everything is like from CNN to Fox to all this stuff, even the theater of the governments now kind of blended in. So because of that dynamic, it's been a good thing. And yet at the same time, now who do you trust? How do you trust? Why do you trust? When should you trust? That's, that's exactly what I was saying. It's almost like nobody has no basis of reality and it's creating total chaos. And I mean, that's why there probably wasn't chaos before because even though we, people might have just watched the news once in a while, they had a fairly stable narrative and everybody would kind of agree to it. And now nobody, everybody's just fighting online about what, like I see uh, so many things all day long on my Facebook feed. And I've even interviewed some of these people and I know they're not, really well upstairs and um and now nobody there's not an agreement of what reality is and that's going to create chaos or not or maybe i i don't know i mean if you've got people believing that the army is piling up on the border and it's going to kill them and they're going to die and they got to get out and their guns i mean that's going to create chaos and that may or may not be happening you know like if, if you if you believe that you have to join this cult because you're ascending and they're the leader and they have all this stuff and everybody kills each other. That's not really a really good reality to believe. It's the wrong kind of ascension. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the wrong kind of reality. It depends what reality you're, I mean, it's like, it's why I do like a little, you know, not a little, a lot of science and something a little more stable, but most people don't even have critical thinking skills to know what science or whatnot, because the government has manipulated and hidden stuff so much. And I think that's anything. I think that's the key right there. You just hit on it. that people lack critical thinking skills and rely on television and cable news and whatever for all their information and take it as authoritative. 
I think also that when you step back really far, like in an omniscient type observation view point uh, point of view, it looks like a controlled demolition to me, uh, like socially, the social engineering of it really seems well played. And so I'm not ascribing anything to the they here, but it seems interesting as we sit here, the world's on lockdown and people seem, seem to be agreeing, the collectives agreeing on this. And there's something that seems cohesive about that. Like, okay, so if this is, is this a flu? What is it? Is it a bioweapon? What is it? The whole world's on lockdown. We've got people showing us videos talking about no one's in the hospitals. Then we have videos showing bodies piling up. And this seems like the apex of what everything since 9-11 was rolling towards, an idea of total control. And so that's what I'm finding very intriguing about all of this. It seems well-managed. It, it is interesting, but I, I'm always like, like, why would they want, like, I guess maybe they're psychopaths, but why would anyone want to ruin the whole economy, all these rich people losing money, all these businesses shutting down? I, I find it hard to believe that every single like person at the top of the 1% wants that. I have a couple things to say about this. Um, okay. I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the what I've been observing is that the reaction to this this virus seems disproportionate to its its deadliness. Okay. And then this week we heard that they're putting a million people underground in the Cheyenne Mountain, and the CIA is also going to shelter down there. Yeah, continuity of government. Right. So, so. <clears throat> why the hell would they do that for a flu? Mm-hmm, exactly. So maybe there's something else going on or some other danger. Like Thomas Sheridan said this today in his video that they're, you know, he's got this thing in the back of his head thinking there's an asteroid coming. I we a lot of us have been talking right. about that, Jerry. I know. We've all talked about that. It's so, something I mean, this is a big this is a big slip over to keep people to give them fair warning to get some supplies besides toilet paper. So, you know, that's part, that's why I say this can controlled demolition. This kind of gave people a little bit of a heads up to stock pile and then also get them in their houses. However you can, because something appears to be going down on top of the surface level control factor here that is given us no rights as people in an imminent domain and all that. And then, you know, some of us think, well, maybe something bigger is planned because of the move Jerry just talked about. And with the continuity of government, that something is, we're on collision course with something big. Is it an alien invasion? Is it this asteroid they're talking about? What is it? Is it the kill shock? Dr. Ed Dames was talking about. There does seem to be, a credible line of thought here with something bigger at play. I'm going to be critically thinking here and ask where your sources are. How do you know that the CIA is putting um, people in a mountain? I read it in a news story about it. Okay. 
I, I will find that. <laughs> but as we started out I, I early, all that's manipulated. I but I don't want to start like my podcast saying things that might get people a little paranoid. Oh, no, no. It's not like true because that sounds a little like that sounds really out there to my mind. I'm being critical of that because I, I'm like that's that's a big that's a big statement. I'm almost positive they posted it on their website. Okay. And and then the facts here that we can agree on is everyone, so a lot of countries around the world are on lockdown. A lot of counties are on lockdown and cities are in lockdown. People are, there's a social distancing thing that's going on. I mean, this stuff is actually happening. It's on the ground. Mm -hmm. There's no conspiracy there. There's and no ex except for there is something to question there. Uh, so that stuff's all happening. On top of that stuff actually happening, if you do a scan of world weather in the last, say, year, there's a lot of very anomalous weather that has broken all records that have, that's gone down this year, this year. And uh, so I don't, it doesn't matter what, stories are floating around about all that, whether it's weather warfare, whether it's, you know, uh, cyclicals, geo cycles. The bottom line is this severe stuff's happening. Then we have, we have lots of outbreaks of other strange anomalous stuff like the locust plague that is sweeping countries destroying crops and uh other other stuff there's just there's so much that we could do a whole show and not oh, cover yeah. all of it so all that's grounded in reality and at what point in apparent reality at what point do we say what's going on without needing to back our our query here in some in scientific uh theories and basis in journals because just looking around the world yourself it's a time to question all these narratives it's actually a time to question our what is really going on because this is too coincidental all mm -hmm. at once well and i'm just saying we could question it it's fine but we might not be right Right. So I wanted to add another possibility here is that this is some kind of deep state move to, to sink Trump and his presidency. Okay. That's also been floated out there that, uh, you know, if they crashed the economy because they, you know, the impeachment failed, mm -hmm. they can definitely, you know. But how does that work with the other countries locking down? And I mean, how does just, so you're saying the whole world wants to get Trump out? Apparently. I'm just saying that that's a possibility. That well, seems like uh, the farthest fetch thing to me, well, Jerry. Here's the thing. What if <laughs> I, what if the virus is, is some kind of weapon, bioweapon, right? And it was released in mm -hmm. China by accident. What if it was meant to be released in the United States? Well, we had that exercise that happened in L.A. Yeah. Do you remember this, Jerry? The 201. No, 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 not okay. the 201, where there was, during the fires last year, that there was this military, uh, there's footage of it, there's all kinds of information out in the world on it, but essentially, there was some sort of psyop or something that something, some biohazard was planted in a building that was set for demolition, which, if it's mm. uh, airborne, biohazard then that's a big deal in la uh and that's traceable you can look that information up 
So, and then what are the odds that here a year later we're dealing with this? And I think that Jerry didn't, didn't, I mean, haven't there been lots of scientists saying this is cut with coronavirus is cut with HIV and SARS. And it has CRISPR markings on it. Yeah. It's piggybacked. Uh, It's a complete, this is a bio engineered virus. So, you know, it's interesting that just before this came out in Wuhan in China, there was tons of um, protests. Like it was going right crazy in China. So it's interesting that they were having trouble getting, you know, a hold of these protests. And I think that, I mean, I'm more skeptical of, I mean, they, they, they call themselves communists, but they might as well be fascistic. I'm more skeptical of a government like that. What's the difference? One word or, or you just go, boom, there isn't, there's no difference. There, I mean, you know, I'm really quite skeptical of that government because I mean, everyone's like, oh, think about it. They've closed down because they have a virus. I'm like, no, they closed down and they kicked the media out because they don't want you to know what's really going on in there. Right, right. I, I just really find it interesting that every time something bad happens like this, there's some kind of simulation or exercise. Yes. Or the thing that happens. That preceded. That precedes it. Like in October, there was this... Uh, I forgot something 201, like exercise 201, yes. mm-hmm. which was a pandemic simulation. Mm. Sponsored by the Gates Foundation. <laughs> Sponsored by the Gates Foundation. Weird. So that's going on. And then all of a sudden, well, we're, we have a real life pandemic now. Not and to mention Pompeo said this is a live exercise on TV the other day. There have been lots of slurs from our government on, on what it is. But just to piggyback on what was being said earlier is that, so it's not just Hong Kong that was having the protests, the yellow vest movement, which is gigantic in France, but it is spread all over Europe, a huge week 70 and bigger and bigger than ever. And then all the stuff that's gone down here. So this, we're reporting it. I mean, there's huge. Exactly. So, and there's real intel on all that. So, this, but this is what I'm saying when you look at the controlled demolition idea. This is a good way, also, you can knock out a lot of stuff with a very potent psyop, like, say, a viral invasion, a viral pandemic. You can get rid of your dissidents, you can shut down the world. Yeah, you can get that monetary reset that everyone's been talking about. Mm -hmm. You can take away constitutional rights from people. I mean, there's a lot that can happen if you're planning this kind of event. And so my critical thinking little monster on my other shoulder says, well, why would they do that? Because so many wealthy people are getting coronavirus and that leaves them vulnerable. Allegedly getting coronavirus. Okay. Okay, so you're saying they're just saying they are. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's internet crud. I got coronavirus. Look, think all the sympathy they're going to get. Anyway, <laughs> I think not after that. Not after that. I imagine song. I've thought this for a while, and I've got a lot of confirmation from other people who think the same. So it doesn't mean anything other than my idea. But right, I think that this pandemic is a cover for some kind of banking collapse that was building up. Mm-hmm. If if you look back in the news, starting back in August of last year, the the the, the central bank was was uh, lifting up other banks that were short. Who needed up like Deutsche Bank? Deutsche Bank was ready to fail. 
HSBCs having problems. All these banks are getting ready to fail. Yeah. And then boom, we got a pandemic and there's $2 trillion stimulus. I, I think that's part of what's being piggybacked upon. I think there's a way bigger story here. There may be. Personally, I don't think it comes down to the financial reset. Altogether. I don't think it's a reset. I think it's another bailout. I think well, after 2008, nothing got fixed. Everything stayed the same. They just got bailed out. So basically, it was extended 12 years. And, and now it's come to a head again. What are we going to do? We can't. They're not going to bail us out again, right? Well, let's start a pandemic. Yeah, I think I think it, it's it's part of the layer cake here. I don't think it's the real. I don't think it's the full story. Myself, I think that this is has so many layers when you actually deconstruct it. And for me, everything's on the table. This the virus itself could be dropping our bodies. I know people personally that have at least been diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. whether or not they got tested, whether the tests were faulty or whatever, I personally, because I keep seeing that meme, does anyone actually know anyone? So, yeah, I mean, I guess at the core level, they could be saying anything about anyone, anytime, but yeah. I know people that are personally affected by it. I'm one of them that I don't have it, but that know personal people. So I don't think on that level it's it's false, personally. No, right. the, no, there's a coronavirus is a real thing. It's it's what the common cold is a coronavirus. It's but just, this is this is more than this is uh, a new type of it. Yeah, it's engineered. It looks that way. Yeah, and people are affected by it, and are you know there are real deaths just like with any real flu. So, I, but you know, I'm just trying to counter the memes that are going on everywhere that it, that it is just the flu. I, I don't think it's just the flu. I think it's a little extra. Do the deaths warrant yeah. a, a worldwide lockdown? No, no, not at all. It's the flu, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know. I know that it's. Um it's kind of like SARS where it's pretty um, intense. It attack, you know, it's attacking the lungs. There's like scarring in your lung tissue afterwards, but it's SARS and MERS and all that. They weren't as highly contagious. It seems to be more highly contagious. It jumps like the flu really easier, the common cold. So that's, that's their reason for that's what they're telling shutting us. things down. That's what they're telling. If um, that were true, they would shut everything down. There would be no way I'd be allowed in a grocery store and touching food or mm-hmm. be allowed to buy takeout from a place that has people who are untested. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. there's too much just inconsistencies <laughs> with what I can do and what I can't do to make me believe it's that highly contagious. Well, I, 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 I could be wrong. That, that might actually just show how confusing the world is and that it's hard to actually have one single narrative and control everything that there's, they don't know everything there is to know about it. I mean, people in the hospitals, they're just trying to, you know, manage what they can. And they, they just don't know. They're like people you've got, it's not like, like you, maybe you have people way up at the top controlling things, but people in the hospitals, regular people, they're just, they're trying to run their businesses and do whatever it is that the CDC says or somebody else says. And there's all this conflicting evidence because it changes every week. Nobody, everybody's like, what's going on? And there's no critical thinking. Yeah. One of the things I've been researching is the the testing. And what I've been reading so far is is indicating that the coronavirus test just tests to see if you have coronavirus period in your body, mm-hmm. not necessarily the COVID-19. There's no test yet that t- detects COVID-19. 
That's a big deal too, right there, because the coronavirus is really quite common. Right. Everybody probably has it in yeah. their body. Say, yeah. So, so all these, all these death numbers that we're seeing could be incorrect. Well, they could be incorrect on either end though. They could be way worse. Yes. Or they could be way less. Right. And I want to get into how people like David Wilcock is using this coronavirus to prop up his ascension little theory that he's got going on. Now there's a lot of people I've seen this. They're like light workers and they're saying, um, light workers, let's go. We're going to be ascending soon. The dark is the darkest. I've, I've seen like about 20 or 30 people telling me that I, you know, I'm, I better stop, you know, doing dark stuff. I better get into the light. And, and but that's just, da-da-da-da-da. you know, rapture 2.0 talk. That's exactly when they're saying it to me. I'm like, are, are you sure you're new age? Are you sure you're not like a, Bible something Christian? Well, the new age is is for those people who thought they were atheists and wanted to get away from the Bible and all that. So they, oh, this is, I can get a savior mentality somewhere else. Right. The new age has never been devoid of an, an, an ending narrative. It's, an, it's just through the guise of ascension and transcendence. And so it's just a different filter, really. And, but it, at the end of, of it all, it's it's still something we personally confront because at the end you're annihilated. All roads lead to your death. No matter what happens, where you go, what you do, we all have this in common. And so when when things get unstable in the collective and people start riding that wave of fear, pushing it to, you know, further their own bank accounts and all that. That's it's so shady and it, it it's really bothersome. It's it's almost like a pack of gnats that come at you out of nowhere, you know, in your collective thoughts. They're like, oh my God, there's another one. There's another one. Uh and that's well, I mean, what's annoying. I, I, I d- dislike it greatly because it's really, they're talking like we're all light workers and ascend this. And I'm like, no, you're feeding on people who are fear fearful and scared of dying and you're saying you're of like this harmonious light and I'm like and telling everyone not not to go to the dark but you're literally running on fear because the only reason anyone would show up and want to be ascended and give all their power and say ah enlightened master show me how is if they were terrified and scared and I'm just like this is or mind or mind controlled or mind controlled <laughs> and look at the look at the Catholic Church I mean yeah same it's a, thing yeah it's a program. It's right. They're, they are entrained to run this program. That's the I way know, I look at I it. I know a lot of new age people who are like, they, they psychic, they get messages from aliens and stuff mm, sure and they're they going on, but they were raised in Christian cults by yep. their parents, highly abusive ones too, like severely yep. abusive and in severely abusive family dynamics. I know like I could probably list five people. I won't list anybody, but I could. And, I know one of them. <laughs> and they were and they were raised in Christian cults and they don't realize that they're that, that that's in them still kind of operating. They they don't necessarily they might at some level, but it's so unconscious that they just can't help it. It's almost like a Stockholm syndrome. They they're comfortable back into that that paradigm. So it it, it fits with their lifestyle and the way they were programmed. 
on a magical level is it just yeah. is a, an observer of this kind of stuff and one that plays with symbols in my art uh and 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 also one that has had a fantastic i've had fantastical experiences present themselves to me throughout my life that have no i've found no answers for uh i personally love to see people working with the memes with the symbols and so and the problem is when when it's done artistically or creatively it's interesting when it's done at the level of i am the real guru you will follow me you will pay me you will listen to what i do that kind of stuff that is that's where it's manipulative that's where that whole con man or woman aspect comes in that whole soothsayer thing and that's what's bothersome really and so it's hard to separate some of that out from occultists that are playing with symbols like i am because i don't buy into i fortunately wasn't raised in a any religious cult yeah same here uh, thankfully yeah, and so I, you know, I can I can look at the I can read the Bible. I love the I enjoy reading the Bible. I think it is such an amazing document of fear and deliciousness. Of right. it's rather sexy, you know. There's like a whole bunch of it's a it's just another grimoire of sorts, grimoire. But artistically and magically, those are potent symbols to play with. Look at. I mean, how LeVay started the whole Church of Satan. Yeah. Being provocative with those symbols in the reflection. And so that seems okay to me. What people like Corey Good and, and David Wilcock and these other people that are really cashing in on it and really absolutely abusing people through manipulation are doing is abominable but at the same time at what point do you say who is this person and why am i giving them my attention mm -hmm. yeah and it's um it's i don't know what it is inside of people that they want this follower and they want to like i don't know if it goes back to that we have to have this king ultimate emperor leader but people seem to like to do that. And of course they get the, their followers if they're highly narcissistic and they, they get their followers to, you know, attack people left, right and center, even violently. Like, okay, so on my Facebook, in terms of this Corey Good guy, right now he has launched, what he, he does is he, he files some sort of lawsuit with his lawyer. So he's done it on several people, including Gaia TV because they used to be part of it. So Jay Widener, I think it is, he is saying, he talked about uh, David Cox in the, in the Wilco uh, David Wilcox in Ascension, but he was also talking about um, Corey Good, and Corey Good has filed a lawsuit against him, Gaia, and several other people. And what he did, what he does is he files it, he takes the court documents, he puts it on his website, doxes them, so it shows all their names and their addresses, removes it a couple hours later. Meanwhile, he has a GoFundMe, so begging for help for the lawyer fees, but he never actually serves the people with their papers. So it's all a money grab. I've seen, <clears throat> I've seen a few of those posts of his, and none of them are actually filed documents. They're just filled out documents. Yeah. It's and a scam, and his followers just don't even get it. 
Well, they're blinded by his greatness. Uh, he looks like a slime ball to me. It's no different than Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. That's the... You know, except for they were really fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, come on, Tammy Faye cried at anything. And she, you know, she was a drag queen, essentially. She was just fun to watch. Corey Good is so serious that it's, I mean, it's just un, unbelievable. Terrible TV. Terrible TV. <laughs> but, but yet they get all the followers and, and all the money. I, I guess... I guess you just have to cut people's throats, lie, and be devious, and create drama and lies, and I'm, I'm just not to make money. Enough. Yeah, you got to be a psychopath. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's why I'm broke. That's why we're broke too. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. <laughs> we are just we are just not psychopath enough. But it was it was right. it was interesting that um, even if you told, and now I had Cal Korf on my show got a month or so ago and he busted um like a billy meyer ufo cult even if you showed them the information you showed it to him you said look Corey good doesn't file these they would not believe you you could show them anything you could show them all the evidence that like so solidly pointed they would have total cognitive dissonance and they yep. just they could not believe that because they have to hold on to this false little reality of i don't know what the hell it is I, I don't get it I have a great clip on my YouTube channel. I'll send you a link um, with the psychologist talking about the Nexium cult and cognitive dissonance that occurred within that cult as people started to realize it was what it was, you know, and they just like, no, what was his name? Uh, Lanier, the, the cult leader from Nexium. I don't know. Rainier, Rainier was Rainier. his name. How he was just, you know, the guy's Christ reborn, you know. I can't believe it's a sex cult. <laughs> but you know, again, it's just like any other cult of personality. You know, you've got Oprah's got her cult of people. Uh, I mean, at some point, it's like followers become your cult. And that's what's so scary. And this is one of the things I loved about Jung at the end, you know, his 80th birthday party. Where I mean, his greatest fear was that there would be a cult of Jung. And what is there? There's a cult of Jung. And so... Uh, it's a, it is definitely reflects back on individuals and their, their complexes and their programming. And it's, you know, there's a case for the NPC there. Yeah. <laughs> as woo woo as that is. Well, one of the things that I realized when I was looking at different people and even just uh, new age people and their clients, one of the things that I realized is it's, um, it's probably, even though the cult person might even have to have a, um, um, you know, a big act and everything, it's probably just as much work and as stressful for the cult leader. Like, th th yes, they, they're demanding something from their followers, but they also have to give something back to keep those followers and to keep the narrative. They have to work really hard. So there's this really weird dance and really sick dance going on between it's, I mean, you, you wouldn't have the cult leader without all these people following. So it's not just the one side. There's two. There's all this dancing going on between them and the people who follow them. So it's not that the followers aren't entirely innocent. Yeah. So on one, you also have to look at the energetic level. That's what's happening in the energetic level here too, mm -hmm. is that you've got basically a multi-level marketing scheme, an energetic multi-level marketing scheme going on. Mm -hmm. So 
they the leader provides content or good vibes or whatever and then gets all this praise and you get used to that at a certain point and if you don't get that adoration at a constant level you start to deteriorate because you've you've switched over using that to sustain yourself right yeah man it's like total narcissistic personality disorder absolutely fragile self you know sense of self You, you literally have to have that or you just don't feel worthy you don't exist if you don't have that you literally don't exist Right. This is why all the stars are coming down with coronavirus or putting out videos with them with no makeup on or they're in, you know, in champ. Look at that Madonna thing. What the hell was that about? Oh, gosh. She's cooking some fried chicken and (laughs) fried Fried fish. Fried fish. fish. And then she's sitting in her bathtub with her rose petals. Yeah. It's a great equalizer. (laughs) Yeah. Except for, except for you have millions of dollars and you could sort of withstand the, the shutting down of society a lot longer than I can. Not if the money's worthless. Good point. Right. She wasn't wrong with that. The great equalizer. (laughs) Because if nothing's worthless, I mean, if everything's worthless and the system's down, you know, it will, it will flatten the curve there for sure. And she's not big enough. However, however you parse her out, she's just not in that. She may maybe in the capstone of the pyramid, but there's more. There's an above that that you right. know as above below, and so there's a whole other system above that. And so she may have made it there, but I'm pretty sure she probably is not above that. So yeah, because she's still alive. Is she? <laughs> it's like I didn't say happened? she wasn't possessed. I just said she's still <laughs> yeah. alive. It's it is you know but. Th- this is one of the things I find deeply interesting about all of this is the observation factor and watching it without having a sense of fear or uh, without real skin in the game as far as, I don't even know how to put it, but just watching it. It's looking at how people are presented with this big grand idea of of total control and who's who's losing it who's not uh just all the different reactions are fascinating i don't even know where the manipulations end and begin when actually observing all of it yeah it's i don't think i don't think they ever do end i mean i mean even if even if i'm sitting here calm I still have to deal with my son who's having anxiety from this. People have to deal with their kids who are like, yes. what's going on? Like it, it, it doesn't, you, you, and you have to deal with them and you have to say things like, well, I don't know what comes after this or I, we don't know. And, and, and I mean, it, it, it's like people have to deal with it on all sorts of different levels besides just, Oh, I am stuck in my house and um, I'm being controlled. Then, then they have to see other things. So, sometimes the safest thing to tell your kids so they're not paranoid is that it's okay. It's just temporary. We're going to, we're, we're really healthy. We're going to get through this, you know, try to be really calm for them and not, I, I would never have this conversation we're having right now with my son, not in a million years. He would lose his mind. <laughs> like, you well, know, you just can't comprehend it. You have to keep it in certain terms. Yeah. But, yeah. but to that end, I mean, how do we come back from this? 
I don't know. I mean, in my job, everyone's like, oh, I hope we get back to work soon. I'm like, look, we, I'm a supervisor. We hand out demo, we hand out food. Nobody is going to want to come to those booths for a mm. long time. They're going to be too terrified. Yep. PTSD. Yep. Just like, um, I remember, go ahead. I'm just uh, one, like if we're in a dream, the most insane stuff in dreams are what actually make us question, are we dreaming? You know, and how much more insane can it be out here for us at some point to say, you know, what is real? What really is real like you would in a dream? And so there's that aspect. And that's part of, I think, when you're questioning all of this at the at the core level, I think that needs to be something that's actually presented to yourself as well on a spiritual, non-attached to an ism on a, on a personal evolution level. What's really going on when I look out into the world that it's this much over the top? And it's nothing. We're just, we're getting one narrative fed to us through our screens, through our scrying mirrors, through our black mirrors, you know? But I mean, if we go back in history, so I'm going to put it in this context, this isn't the first pandemic that humans have been on. And so you go look at the Black Death or you go and look at the Spanish flu and people dealt with that in similar ways. Like people had experienced the same thing where they got terrified, tried to self-isolate, the rich weren't immune, you know, chaos ensued. So maybe, you know, we're just having that reaction because we were trying to avoid total another chaos from a virus. It's our natural reaction. And what, I mean, they might know that and they're implementing it, but it, it's not totally... It could just be because we in our lives have never experienced a pandemic and this is just what it's like. So we're like, this is crazy, but it, it has happened before. I mean, when the Black Death hit both times, everybody thought it was the end of the world. And I mean, they were all nigh in the same way that I see on, on Facebook and other people saying they, they felt the same thing. But it wasn't the end of the world. Maybe but it, but it was the end of the world in a way. It's the end of society as you it, know it. It certainly changed society, but it wasn't yeah. like, the, it's not like there was a planet hurling out and boom, end game, humans were gone forever. Not well, some humans were gone forever. Some, but not <laughs> See, as, I mean, that's a, what I'm saying with not perspective. Not as a species, not as a species yeah. right? I hear you, yeah. There's a lot of humans that were gone forever, but when you hear a lot of these religious people, they're like, that's it. We're all, it's all over, end of days. Humans are gone. <laughs> that's it. And I'm just like, we've been through this before. Yes, people are going to die, but... I mean, if we didn't social distance, I mean, my province is saying that because people are social distancing, that we've decreased it, the spread by 50%. Uh, are they lying? Or I don't know. But I mean, I don't like. There's no way to back up those numbers. There's no way for any of yeah. us to back those up or verify or validate. And that was, my thought is, well, how do they know that? I'm, I'm, they might be doing a comparison to China, but we don't even know China's real numbers. They're doing it because the numbers aren't growing exponentially like they predicted. Yeah. Which the predictions were based on faulty models to start with. Yeah. And that's been, that's already come out. If you saw March 19th, the, the mm -hmm. UK ministry of health said, you know, this is no more, no longer a highly contagious infectious disease or HCID. I forget what the C stands for. Mm -hmm. It's not contagious. This is where all concerning, this highly concerning. Right. All this data is where part of my, woo factor kind of kicked in and it, it mm -hmm. took me into a different narrative which i'll spare you from but uh 
it is, it, it's, it's, it's unfolding. And, and to speak earlier on, on how people like Corey Good and David Wilcock and, and charlatans out there are making good on this kind of stuff. It actually, so it does a disservice to people that are actually naturally in tune with their psychic awareness, which is just another energetic body. It's like your autonomic system. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. another system of how Very you're natural. processing. Yeah. And so it's taking away credibility from those people. Granted, most of those people aren't out on a big public stage and, you know, they, they're just not in my experience. So, I don't know. There's just, there, it's so complex, but I do believe personally it's wise to be cautious. Mm -hmm. So right now I've been saying from the beginning of this social distancing seems like a good idea to see what's going on. I'm fine with it. I'm not fine with it being a permanent lockdown. I'm no. not fine with being a prisoner. No. So, but yeah, for the sake of, is this really something that's moving through the land that's going to get us all well step back and be cautious don't laugh about it but that's the wolf in me you know go back to the edge of the forest and look yeah. at what's going on yeah so yeah and i i think that's a really good and healthy perspective to have towards it absolutely i mean because i'm going into stores when i do like i'll go for whatever how many days and then i have i mean i have to go get some food or and I don't, here's what I don't think is going to change. You're going up and now people have guards all in front of their cash registers. Everyone's staying away, the six feet distancing. It feels very military-esque the way they're running it. It's not this nice free-flowing human interaction. And I think that's going to be lingering. And I think it's going to cause a scar in the psyche as a whole, like in out in society when we go out in public, um, like dining businesses, any businesses that just started, they're going to be like restaurants, They're they're not going to make it. And there's going to be this whole like military like it's it's like how do we transition out of that and kind of like act normal again because it's going to be a while for some people before they can do that because I do I I'm looking around even in my small town and I'm like okay these people are looking at me like I've got the Satan bug and they don't want me to come anywhere near them and they're not going to get rid of that for a while. Right. And, and we also talked about this other aspect last week on our show about how keeping six feet apart will, will prevent your energy field from touching other people's energy fields. Good. Your actual real biorhythm that is around your heart. This is, a, there's no, I mean, that's in the scientific journals. It's like six right. feet out or something, right, Jerry? Yeah, is it three meter. feet? It's like a meter. It's a meter. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, but it, it's actually there and it's measurable and, and all that. And so, yeah, there's a tie in with that for sure, I sure. think. Because yeah. the separating us will, some amount of information is passed through those fields when you're near people. Whether right. it's yeah. emotional or or mental or whatever, there's. I fields, absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. when fields collide, there's information exchange. Right. So by separating everyone by six feet, that information exchange is gone. It, it isolates everyone into like so singular units. The ones who are getting really paranoid and afraid are literally being left with their own energy field, and they can't get grabbed from anybody else. So they're just losing it. Absolutely. Yes. That's ah, exactly that's what's why happening. I was so calm with my son. He was he was fine all day long, 
And mm-hmm. then he would get up at three in the morning and he'd have this anxiety. And what we found out by calmly talking every night for a couple of hours and we found out he was really terrified of dying to be non-existent. And then he was reading science stuff that was talking about his generation being able to live for a long time. And he came crying because, and he's older, because it wasn't going to be, t- there's not enough time for me to do it. And I wasn't going to live long. And he was going to be left alone without me and his dad. And I was like, mm. oh my God, I feel so sorry for him. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to explain to him, by the, time, by the time you get to that age, you'll be okay to be alone. Yeah, you'll be 50 years old by then. He doesn't, he doesn't understand that. He can't yeah. understand that right now. So it's like I'm trying to explain that to him and be really calm and all that stuff. But it's like after about an hour, my calmness, because he was close to me, started to calm him down. Yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what mamas are supposed to do. But <laughs> if you had been in a different mindset, his anxiety would have transferred to you. Yes. I started to at first, but I was just like, no, I'm going to be really calm. And I just start talking to him. And Good. And how to research and I just, you know, I let him talk and I just like maintained my whole, I, I was in a relationship with someone with borderline personality disorder and they're crazy, insane. So I, I'm like, I got a lesson really quickly on how to be really calm and put up your boundaries so they yeah. can unstable you and carry out the abuse that they had intended so you could get rid of them. <laughs> totally. Awesome. It's so crazy. I'm glad you bring that up. That is a really good point. It's also part of this, it's definitely also part of this demolition that we're seeing is controlled, separate people and get them into this new normal. And um, I mean, it just seems connected to, it's it's an intentional thing here for me looking at it Mm -hmm. to get the world to play at this game. Yeah. To distrust each other and be disconnected. I really like what, what I was talking about Randy Green, this lady on YouTube was talking about how this is an exercise for us to practice maintaining and like protecting our own energy fields from pollution of other people and being alone and, and doing all this stuff, the social distancing and stuff will get us ready for that when we transition to the next whatever dimension. Energy density. So is that what's going to part the, is that the ascension? Is that what's going to part the crazies from the people who, um, I don't think there's an ascension per se. It's just, uh, I look at it more as a transition, right? That we're transitioning into a new reality. And it's going to be heavier. Yeah. Lighter, lighter feeling. Sure. It's 40 from 3d. It's going to be lighter. Okay. So it's going to be lighter. So it's denser here. Yeah. I get you. I get you. I'm, I'm I'm out of the loop on that one. But the Ascension people talk about going to 5D Earth. That's their thing. Oh, and they're they're skipping 4D. Tricky. Right, they're skipping 4D, which isn't really a is thing. That, but isn't 5D where the lizard people are? That, isn't that where? No, they're, they're not allowed there. And change the queen. Oh, where are they allowed? I'm sorry, I'm being sarcastic. Only in 4D. Oh, they're in 4D. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Shame okay, so. You. Nobody knows what what this all means, okay? So it's just rhetoric at this point. But it's been said that 4D is basically the astral realm. That that exists in 4D, right? And that's where all the nasty shit is. Like, the the, the entities that control humanity live in 4D, in this fourth dimension. Whether or not that's true, I have no idea. I have no experience with that. But they're stuck there because they can't go to 5D. And one of the things I've heard from 
the likes of Wilcock and Good and those types of people is that this this trans this ascension to 5D will rid us of their controls because they can't follow. Whether or not that's true, I have no idea. But what I was going to say is that I think their idea, the people who believe that, their idea is that there is a whole new earth set up somewhere else that they're going to move to and that some of them already have. And this is that 5D Earth that they talk about. It's like an actual new matrix. How would they know they were there and everybody else wasn't if they are still appearing to us here perfectly fine? I just, I'm like, I, I honestly, I've heard this before. I've heard it with UFO where people just want to, they get, they've got an implant, it changes their DNA, so they're higher form. And it always just looks to me like um, they just want to feel extra special sometimes. Yeah. There's a lot of that Sorry. going on. <laughs> oh yeah the the whole the whole idea of you're the one the the Christ complex I think is a lot of Westerners understand it is a big psychological red flag, no doubt about it. But I I I do wonder when we put things in terms of our own death that we're going to all greet. Um, that is whatever whatever your beliefs are around it that is definitely an end of days scenario for you mm-hmm. and it is also a transcendence of sorts a transmutation of sorts and we don't know what it is but we know that it's coming at some point and so this is all like my macro of that it's yes. like you know what I'm saying? I do. That's why my son was so terrified because he was sitting there for the first time because of this being isolated by himself. And he was contemplating this notion at 14, like really deeply. So, do you know who Lisa Harrison is? I don't. Okay. She's someone, another person I follow on YouTube. Not that I believe her every word. I'm just saying someone, I watch a lot of crap, right? Her <laughs> show's called Deconstructing the Construct. There's a lot of truth in in a lot of people's stuff. It's just not all truth. But anyway, she content. One of her contentions is that this matrix. She's she's. I wouldn't say it's sim theory per se, but it's technically sim theory that we're in some kind of construct, which I think we probably all would agree with. On one level or another, we're in a construct. And her thing lately is that it's it's shutting down. And what we're seeing play out is just that process playing out. And <clears throat> what she said recently, which I really liked, was, um, you know, right now, you're only if you're in your head thinking the only way you can get out of here is to die. She's like, think of try and think of other ways that you can transcend to the next life instead of death. Mm-hmm. because use your imagination because you know this is a reality created by our own thoughts and, and emotions and, and imagination start imagining other ways you can transcend to the next life don't concentrate on death so right. I, I i really can get behind that i can get behind that in the sense of a caterpillar to a moth you know, it, but yes. at some point and, and everyone that listens to anything I do knows I believe in immortality and I've been knee deep in 
stories for a very long time about long lived people as well, you know, so, and I'll spare all that woo. But I do think that there's a point when you have to view your transcendence, whatever it is, in a certain way that your ego persona, your personification, the I that I'm dealing with, the, the, the vehicle you're standing behind, its eyes riding, you know, your, your personal body is going to go at some point. And so that is a death at the base level. That is a physical thing. So even talking about 4D and then our 5D and then other earth and all that, there's still, you know, there's a disconnect there. There's a, there's a, a threat to your own security here mentally by thinking that you possibly will just shift over. Yeah. And I mean, it, that death that we know we are all going to go through, I mean, that's the basis of why we have spirituality and why religion has such a impact on us because we know we've seen others go before us and we have, we're left with this whole idea here in the physical world that it's never again, it's final. You're never like, and I, I think that's why we have this whole spiritual need is because we want to find out if it's like we obviously want to find out if it's final but i mean we but that's we, we're constantly we don't, we don't we're know constant, we're constantly told that it is we're constantly told it's yeah. final it's you know that's but, we've been programmed to believe that yeah but it, it's because i mean it looks like it's final like my grandmother just passed away and it's like she's just non-existent now and and my my son is like like she doesn't exist anymore and and then I told him about, I go, well, two weeks after she passed away, I was in my bedroom and she, I felt her right there. And she, she lightly yes. started patting my head and he just, mm -hmm. he can't, he, well, she didn't visit me. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe we're really busy and she's just having <laughs> too much fun over there. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. I've never been there, but I tell him, I'm like, I swear she was here. And that's, that's not good enough because through his eyes and all his senses here, she's no more it's non-existent you you're here one day and then you don't exist the next day and, and that's really why a lot of people i'm like i think that's that's the benefit of spirituality is it helps us deal with that and it, it can actually help us explore that and see whether or not it is but i mean organized religion is something completely more devious it's separate yeah absolutely yeah organized religion is just a control device <laughs> it's a business <laughs> yeah but i that's why i don't like to have that's why i i differentiate between all these people who are doing these courses and light workers and follow me and all this paranoia i'm like that's just this person teaching something that experience sitting in my bedroom was a real thing that i had yes and it was fleeting and it passed it was there it's not there I didn't have to have someone teach. I, that was a connection between that's my ancestors, ancestor magic, whatever you want to call it. That was real. What they're talking about over there is just BS to me. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, that was real. My grandmother existed once and she showed up to tell me I'm still around. That was really real. Yes. They're saying yes, over absolutely. there is, doesn't mean anything to me. If you look, also, I was going to throw in here, I don't want to badmouth this guy, but look at uh, some of the bigger channelers like Bashar or. Mm -hmm. uh, his name Johnson, Brad Johnson does that Adronis guy, mm -hmm. right? These people have huge followings. 
that just hang on every word. And if you listen to what they say, it's it's platitudes. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. Flowery language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they all talk. Don't get me started on chat. No, I, I think those people are like. But they're saying you have to come to me to talk to your relative. I'm like hogwash. That's my. Oh, that's different. That's that's my relative, right? (laughs) That's like a John Edwards kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's not what I was talking about. But yeah. Sorry, I misinterpreted that. No, no, no. Yeah, you've never heard Bashar talk. No, I haven't. Yeah, he's a big channeler. He channels a. I forget which galactic part of the oh i get you something like a jay-z night kind of thing i don't know who that is but yeah you remember um oh what the what the frick do we know there's that she runs a big call up in the pacific northwest she was she channels some great god and tells everybody all the stuff bashar channels like the arcturian collective or something yeah yeah similar thing that kind of thing yeah so it's just you know they're platitudes. They're things to calm your mind yeah. and, and to get good vibes from somebody. And again, yeah. it's that multi-level marketing energy harvesting system. Yep. Jay-Z Sorry. <laughs> well, there's just a lot of people. It's nice to have validation with some of the fantastical stuff that can happen in one's life. And I, I mean, I just think the world's completely ma- magical and mystical for me. Mine is, and it's nice to have someone say, I don't know where I had this experience. And you're like, Whoa, I did too. I, I know this because I had this experience. And so I have a conviction in it. And so that's nice. It's the people that, like you said, and I, I have such an issue with it too. It, it just bothers me that go in and wrangle up that kind of mystical stuff from big religions to small, you know, small time soothsayers, you know, running local psychic stuff. That's a total sham. Uh, the, it's, it's a big deal, but the experiences underlying we all have access to. And that's the thing that is the nastiest about those narratives is we all have access to these internal, which actually expand outward uh, experiences that are completely mystical, just like dreaming. And uh, it, it, you don't need another person and you definitely don't need validations, but they are nice. Synchronicities are nice. And that's kind of what validations are on a, on a, a very, on one level. That's one level of synchronicity, synchronicity and synchronistic universe. So yeah, it's hard. This is, it's life is tricky. Like this whole thing is very tricky and that's why when things are crazy like this, it's really pertinent to say, to tr- absolutely question every narrative. And yet, at the same time, in being skeptical, remain open and with your own feelers, with your own sensate body to what really could be happening above all of that effery. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's a really really good way to put it i mean anything that makes me overly paranoid or i start feeling anxious in my stomach i try to like right away i'm like okay is that what's what's really happening and i try to get down to my back to my base calmness that's like you know solution orientated and focused and more logical purpose 
person because I don't know. I'm like, okay, there's a bazillion stories coming at me a million miles an hour. There's lots of people going through anxiety. And whenever I see something that gets me anxious, I'm like, no, 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 no. Turn that off. Get back to, you know, Melissa, who like, just be calm because, you know, I don't, I don't want to hand out even on this podcast, I don't want to hand out people paranoid ideas and make them afraid. I think that will make anything worse. That's, that's, that's like my main message as well. It's, it's almost like you're being tested and you testing yourself. How do I process all this information and remain grounded? And, uh, because ultimately it is about you and how you're processing and the choices you make from processing information. And, uh, that's the part we're getting tempered, you know, like steel we're, these are the fires and we're being tempered. And I, I personally like to look at everything like that, at least hardships and, you know, in the tarot, it's the swords. It's like, how do, how do I process this information without riding waves that are coming at me and can I grow from it? And so it's the martial artist in me that thinks like that. And which is exactly what you're saying and speaking to. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely true. It's probably why I bought, went out and bought a boxing bag today. <laughs> because my, my boxing oh, good one. closed. I was like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go get me a boxing bag. <laughs> I'm going to need to do some round kicks and some punches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a, like a physical therapy thing with uh, the hospital and they're doing it through go to meeting now. Oh, which is pretty <laughs> sad. Pretty <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, my my boxing club does has online videos. I'm like, I don't. I was like, I can just box. I know how. I don't need your videos. I just need a bag. <laughs> I want to learn Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. That actually would be really nice right now. Um, um, I'm wondering that they do that regularly. They would do that every morning in China, would they not? Oh they yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's every morning Tai Chi. Yeah. 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 But you can do it in your house, and you can the the movements are very very easy to learn. You can learn them just by looking up a YouTube video, and it is rewarding. So it's qigong or qigong, yeah. however, qigong. yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing, different form, different yeah. form, a little different mindset there also. But it's controlling your your energy, your chi, yeah, around your body. If you could say anything to anybody, each of you, your own message about this pandemic and about all the new age cults trying to give people messages or David Wilcox, like what would your message be in your opinion on this right now and how to um, avoid listening to chaos, I guess, like how to maintain order in your life? Number one, turn off your television. (laughs) Number two, get a hobby. And number three, live your life and enjoy yourself. Don't be caught up in everyone else's fear. Those are great. I love Jerry's. I'm mirroring those. And then, you know, to just move that further, number four is you have the choice. If it's triggering you, if you don't like it, walk away. Don't engage it. And by engaging something, you're feeding it. And so uh, that's my bottom line with it. You have the choice to tune in or tune out. That's right. And so for people who are following, I mean, there's, there's obviously there's people 
that we'll never be able to get to. They'll follow David Wilcox, David Icke, whoever it is. They'll follow them to the end of the world. Um, and we'll never be able to talk to them. We're not really responsible for them. Uh, so good luck to them <laughs> and their paranoia. David Icke's not that bad. He's he's not as bad as David Wilcox, but he's right. still, you know what? My issue, I think, with him, there's a few issues, but um, anyone who talks for 10 to 14 hours in the thing, I'm, I'm suspicious of right away. That is, that is a is long true. time and that is exhausting people. And there's a lot of stuff. I know people who have actually met him and there's good and bad. I am, I am, I, I hold a healthy skepticism of him. I, I get, you know, I get his little, um, reaction problem solution thing. I understand how that works, but then he goes crazy and the moon's a space station the aliens are coming um you know well that's the hegelian dialect that's not he doesn't actually own that but right that's that's i would urge people to um check out thomas sheridan as well on youtube and, and facebook he's got some really good grounded information on what's going on, especially in, he's from Ireland. So mm-hmm. you can get a foreigner's perspective on a lot of this. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm going to tie off here. I want to thank Jerry and Nish for you guys for coming on. This was an interesting conversation. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, everybody. I'm just going to cut off here. Um, this was an unplanned one. I'm going to insert it somewhere soon. So April's going to get shuffled around like everything else in our lives. Thank you for tuning in to Secret Door Podcast and everything's at the website, secretdoorpodcast.com and we will see you on the next show, whatever that is.